All right, primary recorder is on. And I'm not very loud on it. Check, check, check. One, two, three. Now you. One, two, three. Ooh, you run out of me. Have to let that go for now. Okay. <clears throat> Yes, uh, you started chat. Okay, I need help finding it. <laughs> too much crap on my desk. <laughs> I cleaned it last week, too. It's opening up a Skype share screen. Do you see it? No. Let's see if I. Okay. Yep. All right. Let's do it. <clears throat> In All right. Three, two, one. This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 9th, 2020. And Glenn, you're going to have to tell us what episode number this it is. is. 2452. Wow. <laughs> good morning, horse world. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned, and completing the challenge is the challenge, you're an endurance rider. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this second Tuesday of the month. And of course, second Tuesday for the last, like... 45 years has meant that Karen shows up to do the endurance episode, and I know it's a favorite of a lot of our listeners. So welcome back, Karen. Thank you. Good morning. It has been a while, hasn't it? Because we we, we did last month. Did we do then, last month? <laughs> we did remember. last month, and, and I know you know it's just time seems. Uh, it's like we're in a time warp. Well, plus there hasn't been an endurance to... ride in like six months. So I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon, no, pretty soon. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, so on today's episode, Karen's going to talk about how to get started in endurance, whether you can this year or not. The FEI gets tough on cheaters, it's about time, and rides are starting up again. We speak with Kathy Birmingham of the God's Country Endurance Ride in the Missouri Ozarks, which, by the way, sounds like the prettiest ride in the history of rides, and Sherilyn Hay of the Santium. Is it Santium? 
Santum, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Cascade Ride in Oregon. So that's all coming up on today's show. But, you know, I think we talked about this a tiny bit last month. Uh, but for new listeners, let's remind everybody, Karen has ridden the same two endurance horses, the same two Arabs for about 45 years. <laughs> and uh, she, she, you know, has all kinds of records on these horses for a bazillion miles. But one of them uh, is not doing that anymore. So you got a new horse. I did. He's a Mustang, and his name is Milo. We call him Mustang Milo. <laughs> I like uh, that. That's great. He's a five-year-old little chestnut guy, a BLM Mustang. Uh, we took him out for a ride yesterday. How's it he's, going? He, it's doing, he's doing really good. You know, it's sort of funny. We keep having the most bizarre encounters with things that, you know, once once you ride, like right now I'm riding Chief, who's 25 years old, he's been, there's really literally nothing this horse hasn't seen. (laughs) So then yesterday, what do we see? Something we haven't seen before. There's a lady walking her two little kids in a double-sized, like, baby buggy stroller thing. And so she sees us on the horses, and what does she do? She turns around and comes back down the street and starts coming straight towards our two, my two horses. <laughs> and of course, Chief, I'm sure, is fine because he's seen all sorts of weird things and parades and stuff. But little poor little Milo, you know, he's been mostly a backcountry. Um, trail type of horse (laughs) so (laughs) i could tell his eyes were starting to get as big as saucers so he said kaylee maybe hop off and and fortunately once the lady realized that uh you know kaylee was getting off of the horse and holding him and because he was wanting to start to back up when he gets uncomfortable he starts to back up he doesn't really spook um you know he's bolting (laughs) <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. So, you know, then we continued on and we encountered a few other things and uh, he handled everything really good. Um, you know, learning. but it's just like, and then one of the earlier rides we had on him, we had the little kid who's like waist high, come running towards us with an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> That always is good, too. <laughs> you know, and of course, I, we got home and I got the umbrella out and of course he could care less it's only when it's with a little kid <laughs> well it's in a, it's in an environment where they're not used to seeing it it's so funny how how horses when you take them out and you're probably doing similar tracks when you do your practice rides all around where you live uh-huh. and when we take the horses out here and and scooter in the carriage it is so funny because we live in a horse neighborhood and they know where the horses are supposed to be in which fields right because uh-huh. we have 400 farms here so there's horses everywhere wow and but if there's a new horse, they also know that, and that's when okay. their ears go up, right? That's uh-huh. when they get on alert, is when there's a new uh-huh. horse in a place they haven't seen it before. Sure. Uh, and, sure. and it's so funny, because different horses are different. Scooter doesn't care, could care less about anything mechanical. Big dump trucks, garbage trucks, bulldozers, chainsaws. Uh-huh. Doesn't care about any of that when we're out driving. But, you know, a, but a, a miniature, you know, a mini <laughs> comes up to the fence, he freaks out. You know, it's like... <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny with horses. 
So, uh, so when do you think your first ride will be with the Mustang? <laughs> well, uh, that's the big question mark. Um, <laughs> AARC is starting to approve rides to go back up on the calendar. And that's why this morning we're going to be talking with a couple of ride managers that are hosting rides. Yeah, because I assume this, there's new rules and these new rules yeah. and things that we're supposed to follow. So we're hope, you know, what we're hoping is that the first ride of the year doesn't take place and it's, you know, 110 degrees. <laughs> and, you know, because, you know, we're still trying to get ourselves ready here. Um, we kind of stopped riding on the weekends because, um, you know, there's only a limited amount of recreational areas where people can go. And so what happens is, you know, since I'm really close to the BLM land, you know, you've got everybody out there, dog walkers, motorcyclists. People who have never seen nature before are coming. Exactly. <laughs> Bike riders. You, but we've got entire families now. We're buying off-road motorcycles and going riding. And they haven't really done it before. So now we're encountering a lot more groups of um, these recreational riders on other things, machines, and they're horse ignorant, and and there's yeah. I call them situational unaware of anything else outside I call them of horse ignorant. Well, just yes, <laughs> yes, they come blasting around curves and trails, and and they not only do they not slow down, but they whiz right on by you, so you're on the horse scrambling to get out of their way, whereas under most normal circumstances, you know, you encounter motorcycles and they slow down or move over or they'll even stop and cut their engines for you. Because legally, according to BLM, the horses have the right of way. But these people really don't know that. They don't, and you can't really stop them to explain when they're hey. by you 30 <laughs> miles an hour. So we just gave up trying to get the horses out, especially with a five-year-old, yeah. you know. We don't want them to have any bad experiences, you know, so going out during the week because now school is out, their virtual school, they were still doing online learning. But now uh, we can go out during the week a little bit more often. We got longer daylight now. And uh, so we'll be able to get a little bit more um, real conditioning done so that we hopefully can get to a ride in the next, you know, month or two because this is going to be Chief's 19th ride season. Mm. So I really want to, you know, get him God, doing some approaching rec all kinds of records here. I mean, he's already broken records, right? But I mean, well, has, have there been too many 20-year competition there have been a, There's been a handful, yes. Um, but, you know, Chief still, you know, if he still keeps competing, he'll be the you know, the highest mileage horse still competing because he's getting closer and closer to reaching 16,000 miles. That's so miles, it's sort of cool. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's just cool that I'm still riding him and just, you know, that I feel so safe, you know, like here comes this, you know, double baby carriage coming towards us and I can just sit there on a loose rein and I don't have to worry. You know, it's, he's not going to, Panic yeah, he's kind and, of spoiled you now over the last several years. I know you don't realize how many things <laughs> you're gonna have these to start working again. <laughs> younger horses have to learn all sorts of stuff, all sorts of things. In fact, I was good at one of the things I was considering talking about for my tip was how to get a horse to stand still next to a mounting block because we're working with that with with Milo. Unfortunately, he's on the shorter side of things, so you can easily mount him from the ground. But I still want him to learn how to 
you know, side pass over to different J- stuff. So Jamie we're on the has channel. wonderful videos on that. Um, oh, good. Yeah. I watched them. Yeah, because she has wonderful videos on that. And she gets this... all her horses will side pass right up to the money. Oh, good. Yeah, that's what I'm used to. Yeah. <laughs> but the Mustang, he's a little different. His problem is he's so friendly. He is so friendly that he only wants to stop and turn and face you. Mm. So, yeah, we're going to be working on that clearly. Um, and then if you get him anywhere near where there's anything on the ground to eat, it, you just can't get his head up. <laughs> so so we're going to have to, you know, put some effort into taking him to a specific place where there's no food in sight and he can't turn and and. You know, because he will stand really well while you mount. It's just he doesn't always stand where you want him to stand. So so we're well, going to be working on that. But, you know, and I was reading and looking at some videos and I'm and boy, there's a lot of different methods. No, I, I like Jamie's and it's worked for a lot of our listeners. Uh-huh. So just go to her page. Okay. I think she just posted one, actually. Oh, good. OK. Um, yeah. So uh, be, let's move on here. Uh, we're going to talk more about what the COVID rules are for endurance rides when we get the ride uh, managers on, because we'll discuss that a bit. Uh, I There was breaking news that the Longines FEI Endurance World Cup is now supposed to happen in Italy in September. I do have a question about that. Uh, who's going to go? I'm, <laughs> I you, You've got most of Europe was still locked down till last week. Uh, there's still travel restrictions everywhere. Horses aren't in shape. We're in the middle of summer. Usually you have what you, you got spring to get some rides in before it gets a thousand degrees. <laughs> I, I don't get it. <laughs> it's interesting. Yes. And they're holding it on September 5th, the original date. Um, so it'll be interesting. In Italy, to of course, see... they've had no cases over there at all uh, in Italy. I'm being very sarcastic, <laughs> by the way. I know. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the yeah. hardest hit countries. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I well, don't get that. I don't know. That, that'll, that'll be, it will be interesting to see how they how they handle that, how it all comes together. I doubt there's going to be many Americans that are flying their horses over this year for the Endurance World Cup. Uh, not going to be happening. So now uh, let's also talk about the FEI because they just right. came out with their strongest sanction in FEI history. And this involved a, uh, a gentleman from the UAE whose name I'm not even going to try and say because it's 55 words and I have no idea. I'll, I'll screw <laughs> it up anyway. But uh, he was riding a horse, endurance horse, uh, and uh, they got him for endurance horse abuse and anti-doping violation. And the horse was fatally injured, basically uh, had a fracture and had to be put down with the cannon bone. What they found is they found him guilty uh, and they sentenced him to a 20-year suspension and a fine of uh, $17,500 something. I'm not sure what. And then another 15000 something toward the cost of the uh-huh. proceedings. But basically, he had given the drug, is it xylazine? Mm-hmm. Xylazine. Uh, so it's a controlled medication. Uh, it's basically, it's normally used as a sedative or an analgesic or a muscle relaxant, uh, relaxant. Apparently, endurance riders have been known to use it to get the heart rate down when they come in for vet checks. Okay. So you, you work the horse to death 
you know, come in for the vet check that you know the heart rate's going to be too high because you've been overdoing it. Uh, you give them a quick shot of this. How they do that, I don't know without being seen, but they do it apparently. And that's what they caught. The problem with catching this is it, it evacuates the, the system pretty quickly. But they've come up with new testing that helps test for this. Okay. Now, I think this counterintuitive, yes, it gets the heart rate down, but it also is a sedative and a muscle relaxant. And that's the problem is your horse then goes out, doesn't feel the pain, doesn't realize it's in pain, overdoes it, breaks a bone, Mm -hmm. and the horse is done. So they said horses on this that then go out to hard work are are prone to stress fractures uh, because it doesn't show any sign of pain or lameness. So which you know, makes sense. And that's why this is an illegal drug. Uh, so they, the rider claimed that it was in the, it was actually in the cocktail they used to put the horse down uh, to euthanize the horse. And the vet came back and said, no, that's not the case and found him guilty and uh, suspended him for 20 years. We all know the case, what's been happening, you know, with certain countries over there and this firestorm with the horses dying and everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, whether this is going to, I don't know that this is going to do a lot to stop that from happening or they'll just find new ways to hide it. But it, at least the FEI stood up and said, look, we're going to make an example of this. Uh, now, also, we know the country's over there and I don't know if we'll ever see this guy again. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, but 18 years for horse abuse and two years for the rule violation. That was the interesting part of the sentence is they came back for 18 years for horse abuse. Uh-huh. And two years on the rule violation, because I think they could only do two years on the rule violation. So where they got them was horse abuse. And I think okay. that's the change here. Good. Yeah, that's a long time. And I think that's where the change comes in. So if the FEI continues that methodology, we're going to see them tacking more onto the horse abuse, which they could claim in anything that you do that... In, in increases the chances of abusing a horse or injuring a horse, right? They can mm-hmm. claim that in almost every case. So I right. think that's where the change is coming from. Normally, it would just be the two years for the rule violation, which we've seen handed down many times, six months, right. a year, two years for rule violations. But now throwing horse abuse in there changes it all together. So we'll see. Will this do anything in the long run? Don't know. Um, but we are getting better at testing for this stuff. So... Uh, we'll see what happens with it, but it needed something needed to happen in an, in international endurance because sure. it's a problem. Just yes. like you know, we talked about racing here in the United States, and something needs to happen there. Well, we we can't overlook other disciplines that are having problems too, and that includes any discipline that's having these problems mm-hmm. with drugging or whatever. Right. All right. Getting on to something more positive, <clears throat> uh, you. We always talk this at the beginning of the ride season every year about people that want to get into endurance. And this is probably a good year for people that aren't doing their normal sport. They've said, heck with dressage this year, heck with doing jumping. It's just going to be too complicated or we're too late or whatever. But it also may not be a great year to get into endurance. Tell us why. Well, the difficult thing is that some of the regulations, both by state and within AARC, is it's limiting the number of people at any one event. And so that's going to include the riders, uh, the veterinarians, the ride volunteers, ride management, 
and anybody else that attends the ride. So, you know, before we would tell people, you know, to go volunteer, but now you're going to need to check and make sure that the ride manager um, has, you know, slots for you so that you can come and learn by volunteering and helping out because maybe they're full between the number of riders and people they've already got. So that's going to, you know, that kind of throws a wrench into things. <laughs> yeah. Cause that was always your advice every difficult. year was go volunteer first, see how it all works. Uh-huh. Meet people basically too. Right. Yeah. Right. And now you need to be standing six feet away. And, um, you know, some of the rides have a limited number of rigs that are allowed in camp. And and we'll be talking to these ride managers and seeing, you know, how they're planning to prepare for for their upcoming events in order to keep everybody safe. And uh, but my tip really is to um, go to the AERC.org and there's a link up at the top left that it's where it says new here and you click on that and it takes you to the new members page and there's a lot of great resources on it with links to a lot of educational articles and information on how to get started and where to go and, and learn about all the things that you're going to need to learn about in order to participate in endurance, you know, and now is a good time you can practice. There's so many things you can practice at home, like even just letting your horse learn how to camp overnight. Yeah, that's um, a big one. It, it is. <laughs> it is. We're going to talk is. a little bit about some, uh, coming up here, we have Distance Depot on. Kristen's going to be on. We're actually going to talk about some camping mm-hmm. things to help us help help you in your camping uh, exploits. But right. it's the one that Jennifer's horse, Nigel, has the most trouble with. He's a mess. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. And you don't think and about that. You think it's the riding part you need to get ready for, but most of these rides, you have to be overnight. So exactly. Yeah. And we're all going to be so rusty. It's in, the next ride is going to look like everybody there is on their new. first ride. Again. <laughs> Brand new. Like, where's, where's my buckets? Where's this? We've where's that? To you horses know? Where, or shows where there's a loose horse. Uh, uh-huh. There'll just be more of those now. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be funny. I know. Uh, but if you go to that AERC page and you look at the new members page, there is also a link that takes you to a page Call, uh, where you can request a Discover Endurance writing booklet that's 16 pages long that will give you a lot of information, and they will mail it to you from the AERC office for free. Good. And that's uh, aerc.org uh, slash info request. Mm-hmm. That's where you can find it. Very good. Well, let's give Kristen a call from Distance Depot and, and actually talk about uh, some items that you can use while traveling with your horse. And camping, camping overnight. Mm-hmm. Now, well, I see one of the things on here is a corral. Do you corral or do you high tie or low tie or what do you do? Yes, I use high tie with, I, and I like using cotton ropes. I know they get sold with the bungee. You broke up there a little. You high tie, you said? Yes, I high tie with a cotton rope. and Hello, Karen and Glenn. Hi, Hi, good morning, Kristen. Good morning. We were just talking about camping and how endurance riders are going to have to almost like start over as newbies again because we haven't (laughs) done it for so long. (laughs) I know it. I know it. So let's talk about some of the items you have for camping overnight with your horse. Okay. What have you got? We do have some... um, systems that make it a little easier to camp as far as containing your horse. 
Um, I guess first we can talk about the high tie trailer tie system. Karen, you use this, I believe, uh-huh. with your guys, and um, they're pretty nice. It's a fiberglass rod um, that sticks out from your trailer. You bolt it onto a structural member, and it allows your horse freedom of movement, um, and he can move around in um, an equivalent of a 13-foot diameter round pen. So that's quite a little bit of space while mm-hmm. tied up. He can drink and eat and roll, lie down. Um, and I don't know if you use the bungee with with your systems, but that's an accessory um, okay. that is adjustable. So, so you can lower and raise the length um, of how you tie him to make sure he stays safe while he's right. doing all of those mm-hmm. Things <laughs> and um, it's a pretty neat unit. It, it can swivel left or right, up and down, um, depending on your setup of your windows or your living quarters or wherever you have to mount it. So it's pretty. Um, you know, you can put it so in different directions. What so. happens with this? I've actually never seen one of these used because I have never been on an endurance ride with Karen. Uh, so, <laughs> what happens if the horse spooks? So it's flexible, and it you know does it rip right off the trailer? Is it, you know I assume there's a a, a break point. What what's the story there, Karen? Well, typically they have at the top uh, the little part that goes around the actual high tie rod. At the end is Velcro. Ah, okay. And so now, however, I have had a horse over the years. They all have to do it once, where they get caught in it and fall down, mm. wrapped up. Um, and that's why I like to use cotton robes because they're less likely to cause a burn. Right. But right. when if they fall straight down, depending on the how they're pulling on the Velcro, um, it, it's really hard for it to release. But right. if they do it at more of an angle, then it tends to come apart. That's why you want to have some sort of a quick release somewhere within the system so that if you have to, you can quick release it um, and and be able to reach it. So you want it somewhere in the middle of the line rather than at the very top. And you don't want to ever quick release, put a quick release snap on your horse's actual halter. Um, Because they can rub and get themselves undone and then go on a walkabout, which I've seen (laughs) that done too. (laughs) Exactly. But there are some safety things built in for those. And most horses learn the limitations. Yeah, they, of course, they recommend, like with any product, that you practice at home and uh-huh, put them exactly. in a situation. Uh-huh. Yeah, and some people even will put, like, their little electric fence around it as well. And, of course, if they have multiple horses and they're taking them. And so, I mean, there's lots of stuff you can do. But I think it's a pretty safe unit, um, and it is pretty flexible. So it does allow for when they do panic, um, hopefully they come back to their senses. and, mm-hmm. and yeah. Right, right. <laughs> right. Um, the next unit that we have is a carry light corral system. And it's a portable corral system that you can set up. Um, it, there's actually two sizes. So there's a standard six panel and a standard eight panel. And it comes in fun colors. It's white, tan, or pink. Um, okay, so I haven't seen a pink one yet. You haven't seen a pink one? I know. Like, we. I think I've sold a couple of pink ones, but mostly I think people get the white or tan. That's making a <laughs> but, statement um, right there. It is, isn't it? Um, but, but they're awesome. It's not PVC pipe. It's a high 
impact engineered grade HDPE resin, which I'm not exactly sure uh, uh, what that is, except that it's UV stabilized. It won't crack and it doesn't ship even under freezing conditions. So it will stand up. It's it's pretty darn sturdy. And the best thing about it, I mean, it comes to you in two boxes if you get the eight panels, and, and they collapse down to like a fifth of the size um, of them. And when you set up the eight panel, um, eight panels, you can, it, it becomes about approximately like a 12-foot round pen. So you can also, they send you brackets with it, so you can also mount it to your trailer so that it's very sturdy and, you know, okay. the horse puts his head through the fence eating grass. He's not going to walk away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does give you more room when you use that extra wall of your trailer and you put those panels up against it. But it's a really nice, sturdy way to contain your horse. Hey, I so know it this keeps one. It safe. I know this one, by the way, because Jennifer's brother was in the plastics business. That basically uh, is high-density polyethylene. It's plastic. Oh, okay. It's super yep. strong plastic. Um, it is, yeah. yeah. And uh, so they also make plastic bottles out of it. But the plastic bottles I've been getting lately, I don't know about you, aren't super strong, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know they crunch up when you put I them know. back in your saddle. Yes, exactly. they do. Yep. Exactly. And that can scare an Arab if you're riding an yes. Arab. <laughs> <laughs> or a hackney pony, uh, by the my way. My Arab, Just anyway. that out. <laughs> Yeah. We also have, besides those so two systems... So, not we... go off of this real quick, no, these no, are really ahead. light then? I assume they're really lightweight okay. and they collapse down. Like I was saying, sorry, um, like I was saying, collapses down to a, approximately a quarter of its size, so you can store it in the third stall or in the back of your pickup. But okay. it comes to you in two boxes if you get the eight panels. And you'd be—I mean, I think you'd be surprised at how sh- small these boxes are because it really collapses down. Um, and it gets—you know—when you set it up, it's um, approximately 52 inches tall, so it's quite tall. But the panels collapse down, and they do really neat things, like they give you little black marks that show you, like, when you're extending it out, um, they simplify it for you so you know exactly how far to pull to get that little nubby to poke out of it and lock it in. It's really, yeah, it's really super simple to put up and down. Um, Even small ladies, you know, (laughs) it's really um, simple to, to, and they're not heavy at all. They're super lightweight, so it's really easy to put up and down and collapses down to just about nothing, so... Pretty, pretty cool way to, um, you know, I see some of those bigger, heavy panels, you know, that people have on the outside of their trailer. I'd be hard-pressed to be putting those things up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> lugging those things Not around. But these are very, yeah, these are very simple. Cool. And um, we have another system, um, actually, that's called Fence in a Bag, and it comes with essentially everything you need to set up the little fences that we've seen where, you know, you stick the posts in the ground. So I think it has a dozen posts and a fence charger and the tape and a reel so you can roll the tape in and out easily with a handle. Um, And, of course, those are used as well. Um, I think folks have been seeking out lately something a little more dependable. Um, because those can, you know, if your horse is wearing a blanket, I've seen them walk up against the electric fence and not feel it. So um, if, if your batteries aren't really charged. But those things pack a wallop. So if you, because I've been bitten by them. Um, so I know they do pack a wallop, but I know some folks are really looking for other alternatives. So in that case, you would be looking at, you know, something like the portable horse corral or the high tie. But um, those are some options. We also have high line kits and, um, you know, of course, for camping, your hay and gear bags. 
Um, you can store blankets, hay, everything you would need at your vet check, electrolytes, and so on. So we offer quite a bit of that, and we have a whole page dedicated to um, the, you know, for the campsite um, and accessories such as you know electric fence chargers and and all of that good stuff right on the website. Okay, and what is your website and your phone number? It is www.thedistancedepot.com, and you can reach us toll-free, 866-863-2349. And, and we can't go without mentioning every month and remind That's right. people that they can buy all their HRN swag at thedistancedepot.com. <laughs> That's where you get your HRN swag. So if you want a hat, if you want a shirt, if you want a saddle pad, if you want a jacket, and a multitude of other stuff, you can find it at thedistancedepot.com. Uh, you can go slash HRN, I think is what it is. But you, there's also a link on the left side of the page, <clears throat> left side of the uh, uh, uh Mm-hmm. border of the page there on the homepage, and you can click on it and you can go get stuff with our logo on it uh embroidered right on there and i know a lot Absolutely. of listeners have so if you have a birthday coming up of somebody that's an hrn fan or somebody you know or you just want to get something for yourself that's where you can do it so absolutely we have stickers too for oh, the that's horse right radio the stickers network. i forgot that's about right. the stickers yeah. we have horse radio network logo <laughs> and the horses in the morning logo stickers and that's you can right. get those right there at uh, the distance depot.com thank, <laughs> thanks a bunch we appreciate it thank thanks, you Kristen. bye-bye have a good day bye you too all right uh, we're going to go to our next guest and tell us who we have coming up while i get uh, uh, call them Okay, we have Kathy Birmingham, who's the ride manager of the God's Country Endurance Ride in the Missouri Ozarks. And this is, from what I understand, a long-time ride, I think, or is it the next one? I think it's the next one that's in the 57th year. But we're going to talk to Kathy, and we'll find out more about this God's Country Endurance Ride. No! I looked at some of the pictures. Oh, my God, Karen. Right! It looks it beautiful. It's beautiful. the reason it's called it looks, God's Country. It looks wonderful. <laughs> and they've got pine forests and um, a river. Uh, it sounds like a really nice ride coming up June 21st and 22nd in Missouri, which I believe is the central region. Kathy, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, good morning, Kathy. This is Karen and Glenn. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Well, we're looking forward to hearing about your ride. So uh, give us a brief description about it. Okay. Um, It's located in Missouri, which is in the Ozarks. And um, it is in the Mark Twain National Forest. So there's parts of it that are um, in the pines and going through the woods. And there's parts of it that are through some hay fields. and uh, it's just a beautiful ride in a beautiful area. It's not flat. There's kind of long sloping hills, so it's a challenging ride. I was looking at the pictures, Kathy, and it looks amazing. I mean, just, I mean, the Ozarks. I've never been to the Ozarks, but always wanted to because it just looks amazing. Oh, did we lose her? Are you there, Kathy? It's so amazing she left. Um, (laughs) I heard a beep and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, she's gone. Let's try and get her back. That happens every so often. Yes. 
<laughs> so let's uh, try and call her again. We're going to cut there for editors. Let me mark the time. Live listeners, hold on. We'll get her back. By the way, uh, let's see. All right, let's try it again. We'll make sure she's at a good spot and then count her back in, okay? Okay. I'm sorry, I lost you guys. Yeah, you, you clicked <laughs> well, and we'll went away. Back. So, Kathy, we're, uh, we're going to count you back in and then uh, uh, get started back up. Are you talking directly in your phone, not on a speaker or Bluetooth? I'm on speaker. You want me on? Yeah, let's try talking directly into the phone. See if it's better. You're How's that? Is that better? Much better. better much That's better. better. Yeah, okay. Okay, good. All right, so uh, let's, uh, let me come back in, Karen. Okay, so three, two, one. Well, I was looking at some pictures, Kathy, and I've never been to the Ozarks, but after looking at your pictures, I just want to go there. It looks absolutely stunning. There's a reason they call it God's country. Yes. Exactly. Um, you know, it is uh, lots of rock formations and green as can be, uh, all kinds of different trees and wildflowers, and it's just a beautiful area. Now, now how, how long has this one been going on, Kathy? This is just in this locate. It's my third um, time to be a ride manager. Uh, the first one was in West Plains, Missouri, which is also in the Mark Twain National Forest because it, it's a long stretch, the forest is. Um, but now I have switched to Richland, Missouri, which is near Lebanon. Uh, so it's a different location, but it's my third year putting it on. Got it. Go ahead, Karen. Okay. Uh, and so tell us, I see it says that there's a river. Is the river next to camp or is it something you ride through and cross during so the ride? The river is the Gasconade River, and it. Um, on my two loops, we go out on a blue loop, and you ride out to the river, get a token, and then ride back to camp. And then on the red loop, you go the opposite direction and go out to the river, get a token, and come back. So you actually don't have to cross the river, which is good because there's a lot of times the river is too high to cross. Okay. But um, you can wade in, and the ground is safe, and sponge off, and let the horses drink, and and then return to camp with your token. And so, how are you handling all this stuff with the COVID restrictions? What what is your plan? Um, I have a lot of things in place for that. I had a COVID agreement that my riders signed. Um, when they sent in their entry forms and it was pre-registration to make sure everybody was comfortable with the plan that's in place. Um, so the scribes will be having the vet cards from um, when you do your pre-ride examination all the way through to the end of the ride. The riders will never be holding their vet card and that will keep any exchanging uh, from happening the um, vet has asked that we have a horse handler as well as a scribe who will have their own lead strap. And so when the rider arrives at the vet check, they will hook onto their horse, bring it over to the vet, uh, then take the horse back to the rider to do the trot out, and then back again to the vet. So there will not be any need for the vet to be – it just – you know, touching less things. Mm -hmm. um, 
have stations with sterilizing uh, liquid at any kind of uh, location where there's going to be a gathering, you know, outside the bathrooms, outside the ride manager's camp, outside the vet check, um, you know, just all throughout camp. I got to tell you, sterilizing liquid, with the way you said that, I, I just thought of a Stephen King movie or something. It was like, it was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I when you say it that way. <laughs> uh, who's in charge of sterilization? And there is some kind of, I don't even know what it's called, but it's what they're using. It. She works at a, um, a uh, writing well, it's a it's an equine center that the city owns, and they give riding lessons. And so they have set up the same thing using this particular product. And I don't know what it is, but she <laughs> mixes it up in gallon things, and she will be placing that throughout in spray bottles and uh, okay. anyway, hand, okay. hand sanitizer. I mean, the whole we'll have everything set up. And where do you, how are you handling the limit on the number of riders and number of people for the event for mine um the riders number of riders is not as much of an issue as it is rigs in the campground it's not a large Mm. campground which is why i have limited it um so people that have already been riding together are doubling up um you know that live in the same areas and have been conditioning and training together so um you know, I can only fit in about 34 rigs, but I think I've got more like 50 or 55 riders signed up. Oh, good. So, so what about masks? Is that, I haven't really read uh, the whole endurance riding booklet, uh, but, it, you know, obviously the USEF is regarding masks when you're not riding. Is, is that an issue with you guys? Well, how does that work? Well, we are going to have a mask on the scribes, the vets, and the horse handlers. Um, The riders, of course, cannot wear a mask while they're riding. Um, They will be available to them. You know, I'm going to provide some masks and gloves for anybody that um, wants it, you know, when they are, you know, in close quarters. Um, We're not going to have a ride meeting. I've actually been putting a ride packet together that has the maps of the trails and on each map of each loop, it has a description of the trails. Um, And it has just all kinds of helpful hints and information. And then I have told them that if they want to come to my campsite and ask individual questions that that will be available to them. And on awards, um, I think I'm going to have a in their ride packet. I'm going to have a list of what awards are available because I'm providing a grab table. I just collect things throughout the year that are kind of horsey items, things that are donated, um, and then they will have in mind what they want from that grab table. And I'm going to try to spread out and have an awards meeting but they will just come up and I will hand them the item that they saw that they wanted on the list. Okay. That makes sense. And, and you guys, uh, Karen, um, haven't been known for partying at all while you're hanging around there in the (laughs) evenings, uh, or potlucks are another thing that endurance riders are known for. Uh, are those going away just like smorgasbords? Uh, 
Yes, I have always in the past had a potluck on the first night and then provided a meal on the second night, but we're not doing either one. Um, I told everybody that this was going to be more of a competition gathering rather than a social gathering this time around. So everybody's in charge of their own food and drinks. Karen, are you crying um, over there a little bit? Is there <laughs> tears coming down your eyes, Karen? <laughs> no, I know. I We're just excited that they're, we're able to start having rides again. Right. And that, right. that is how my whole region feels. I mean, and honestly, I was just looking at my notes, and I have people coming from 10 different states, just wow. in my small number of people. I've got Missouri, Arkansas, Kansas, Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Michigan, Ohio, Illinois, and Virginia. Wow. I have people coming from each of those states, which That's, really kind of blew me away. They really went out and of the house. <laughs> they did, you know, and my local riders, a lot of them, you know, missed the boat because they didn't get to me fast enough. And, you know, it was first come, first served, and these people were on it. So. <laughs> That's, they're sitting at home just waiting. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Well, you know, I, you know I, I'm going to throw this in here, too, because I just saw a number of posts about this this morning, because I'm friends with a lot of people who are involved with different types of horse shows all across the country. And we have been having a problem with riders. Big, big surprise. Uh, riders are, uh, horse people are somewhat independent minded. I know that we're all shocked by that. Um, and yeah. they, the, especially the mask rules have been the one that's causing the most trouble. Uh, but, you know, the USEF, I know we're talking a different thing here, but the USEF does have the mask rule and it is requiring it for now. And it's a rule, whether you agree with it or not, it's still a rule. And they're having problems with people with that rule and it's causing a problem. The USEF is having to go back to shows and say, hey, look, if you don't enforce this, uh, you're not going to have your shows anymore. So show big shows, Tryon sent out a, a letter and Tryon's a huge hunter jumper circuit. And they sent a letter yeah. saying, look, if this is going to be an issue, they'll shut us down. And USCF's being very serious, I think, for insurance reasons, too. Um, yeah. You know, for that. But mm -hmm. whether you agree with it or not, you just have to follow the rules if you want to show. There's always rules we don't like. And I, we've talked about a number of those on the endurance side, haven't we, Karen, over the years? Uh -huh. There's uh -huh. rules you don't like that are already in existence, have been in existence for years, but you do them because you want to show. If you don't want to show and don't want to follow the rules, just stay home. It's that simple. That's why I sent out the COVID agreement, and it has um, several things listed on there. And, you know, one of the last things, they have to initial each bullet point to acknowledge that they have read it and agree to it. And the last one says, if you do not agree with one or more of any of these bullet points, please wait to come another year. This is not the year for you because there will be zero tolerance of, no, of noncompliance. You know, um, I work at a at a hair shop, and we have to wear masks, and so do our clients all day long. Yeah, because and, you can't really um, cut hair at six foot, right? I mean, that's a long no, scissors. No, yeah. you can't. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a rule, and we're just glad to be able to work, you know, so we do it. And it's the same thing, you know, and if uh, I'm I'm pretty stern about, you know, if you're not going to follow the rules that you signed to, you'll be asked to leave, you know. Well, you have to. I My mean, vets want to feel your, safe being able to and, do a so, show and everybody again. else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. I don't envy you guys this year. It's in what what riders, a lot of them don't realize is 
your job just got twice as hard. You have twice as many things to deal with, which is normally yeah. a difficult thing and a lot of pieces and a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of pieces to your puzzle every year. And your puzzle just grew from 500 pieces to 1,000. Uh, yeah. And your average rider doesn't, if they've never been a ride manager, they have no idea what <laughs> they it takes don't. to put on a ride anyway. You know, they just, you know, you're glad to have them. You're glad they're showing up. But I think ride managers are just a certain type of person that enjoys putting on an event, you know, because you really don't gain anything from it except the fact that they enjoyed your ride. You know, yeah, you big surprise. Money. Ride managers aren't making a ton of money. Uh, big surprise. No, <laughs> no, especially now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, Kathy, thank you for, for being so careful. It's going to keep the sport going this year. And, you know, people don't think it could be shut down again, but it could. And there's a lot of factors in that. Insurance is one of them. Um, right. You know, the insurance company comes out and says, mm-hmm. Hey, look, you, we're not happy with what you did there. You're done. You know, so right. that's not good. Uh, Exactly. So really appreciate you being so careful about it. And what a beautiful ride. Where can people find more information about what you do? Say that again. Where can they find uh, more about the ride or follow? Are you going to do social media posts during it? Pictures, all that stuff. Oh, well, yes. Um, O-C-E-R Riders is our main Facebook page. It's the Ozark Country Endurance Riders. That's our um, local regional club. There's one in Texas, and there's one in the four states of Kansas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri. So that would be a good place to see our postings. Well, good. I hope you. Do, I hope you have a wonderful show, and that there's no problems, and you don't have to kick anybody out. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> yes. Good luck with your ride, Kathy, and okay. thank you again for joining us this morning. We appreciate okay. it. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, a product that you use all the time. I do, Renegade Hoof Boots. In fact, tomorrow we're going to be getting some fit onto the new Mustang and get him going in boots so that we can start riding him farther and over more rocky terrain. How does that process? So somebody's looking at getting boots for the first time. Let's say they've always had shoes or they're getting a new horse that's using boots. Okay. What do you do? Well, the best way is you get your measurements. Um, You can also do a hoof tracing if your horse will agree to it um, by having your horse stand on maybe a clipboard with a piece of paper and tracing around it. Before you go Um, on, is that best to do right after they've been Right after they've been trimmed typically. Uh Uh-huh. And this will work good because I just, after we rode yesterday, I worked on Milo's feet. So now we're ready to get him sized and fitted. And I'm sure I've already got boots that are going to fit him. And and we might need to do a little bit adjustments. Um, I use Renegade Hoof Boots. They are made in the United States. And they come in a variety of of sizes to fit most horses. Um, They've got two different models. And so we'll see once we start measuring his feet and seeing what what's going to work if he's going to fit better in the regular renegade or in the viper model um you know different the different models sometimes fit different shaped hooves better and if anybody needs help with fitting they can go to renegadehoofboots.com you know the company's always been really helpful with um 
you know, getting new people fit and and getting the proper boot and the proper size. You know, they're happy if you want to to help if you need to send photos of your horse's feet so that they can look at them. Um, They got a new website too, Karen. I was there and your picture is not on the homepage anymore. Uh, oh no, they still have a cup they still have more than one. They've got renegadehorseboot.com and renegadehoofboots.com. Uh, I am on uh, renegadehoofboots.com and the one nice thing is you go on the left there and go to sizing under more information. Uh-huh. They give you a very step-by-step way to how to measure yes. the charts. <laughs> I mean, it goes through in detail how to measure. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And then you know you want to do a little bit of practice just like with anything like we were talking about practicing camping overnight before you actually go do it you know you start to get the horse used to wearing the you know getting the boots putting them on and off you know work with them a little bit in an arena you know you want to make sure the horse has some training so that if you know the boot does come off or he steps on it or something he's not going to panic or freak out you know and there's a lot of information out on the internet that you can look up to to you know work on those things with a horse that's new to getting boots some horses adapt to using them a lot quicker than others you know the horse that took the longest to get used to going well in boots was my horse chief and of course he's now done i mean i don't know how many thousands and thousands of miles in him but at first he was a total clod i mean he couldn't trot across flat ground with a boot on without tripping yeah don't be surprised (laughs) if they trip even when i put uh, scooter's boots on when we first head out for a drive he trips once or twice and then then they go oh you know i got to adjust a little so exactly just like we do when we get a new set of riding boots or when you wear high heels it's the same yes Yes. you you got (laughs) to you know, get used to getting them broken and, and stuff like that. And one of the things I recommend to people, if you're getting new boots, you want to do at least a couple of conditioning rides in them before you take them on an endurance ride, just in case you do need to work out a little bit of the cable adjustments and, you know, things like that. And so I know, I want to ask you this. One of the things I've heard mm -hmm. people complain, not complain about boots, but are concerned about boots before they try them, is that you're going to, they're afraid because of, especially the way the renegades are designed, it looks like it would rub the horses. Do you have problems with rubs? Um, No, typically you don't. You know, if, depending on what the train is like at some rides, there's been times where I might pull off a boot during a vet check just to check to see what's going on. Um, Usually because they're open in the back between the captivator and the base of the boot, stuff goes in, it tends to come right back out. You know, it just is going to depend on your fit and, um, you know, the train, how your horse moves. But, you know, most of the time, uh, the stuff, if it gets in there, it comes right back out. Uh, I've done five-day, multi-day rides in Renegade Strap-On Boots, and I've done hundreds, one-day hundreds. I've even done Tevis in them um, without having any problems with rubs. Great. So, you know, well, they work really, really well for that. So, uh, renegadehoofboot.com. Um, yep. That's where you can find Yes. Them. All right. Thanks a bunch for that, Karen. Now we're going to go to a different part of the country, aren't we? We are. We're going to talk to Sherilyn Hay, who help, is part of ride management for the Santium Cascade Ride. And, and this is where in Oregon? 
And it's in Oregon. And I know this is the ride that's been going on for a very long time, like over 50 some years, which is uh, pretty amazing. And it's also a beautiful ride. Of course, most of Oregon is beautiful. Right. With, with trees. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Sherilyn. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. This is fantastic. Sherilyn, well, are you on a speakerphone? Can you? I am. Do I need to be off of that? Yeah, that would be great. Thank you. It'll sound better. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah, much better. We can hear you better. That is much better. Okay, go ahead, Karen. All right. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your ride. So we are, uh, Elaine Barkley and I are the co-managers of the historic Saniam Cascade Endurance Ride, which has actually been running continuously since 1964, which actually predates both AERC and PNER, which okay. is like the <laughs> Northwest, uh, or wow. the Northwest like uh, group here, nor- endurance group here. So anyway, it's a it's a great ride, and we are super excited to be able to take it over. <laughs> and it's a little crazy that. It's a good year, year for that. <laughs> of a it's not difficult enough on a normal year, right? <laughs> right. Yep. We're uh, we are definitely we've had some pretty big challenges, and we continue to have some challenges to try to figure out how to make it happen with uh, you know with certain restrictions in place. So yeah, it's been interesting for this sure. This is like boot camp <laughs> initiation for you. <laughs> right. From here on out, it will be, we will be smooth sailing because like, I feel like we can't, it can't be, you know, <laughs> harder than this. <laughs> exactly. Well, tell us first of all, real quick, what is the trail like? So the uh, trail, the the ride is held just outside of Sisters, Oregon, which is here in Central Oregon. It's a beautiful area. Um, about 40% of our trail is on the Metolius Wendigo Trail, which is a uh, lower elevation trail that was uh, put in t- as an alternate to the Pacific Crest Trail. So it's a lot of single track uh, through the Ponderosa and uh, great views of the mountains um, on our first loop, uh, which is a 30-mile loop that has an out check or had an out check. I don't know if we'll be doing the old <laughs> now. <laughs> um, you ride to the top of what's called Four Mile Butte, and you have a complete 360 panorama of like all the Cascade Mountains and oh, nice. uh, you know all all that Central Oregon has to offer. So, anyway, it's beautiful. And then on the uh, other loop, our 20 mile ride up Pole Creek for quite a while, and that's super fun and it's really beautiful. And it's a great loop that has a little bit of everything. You can really move out in some sections. It's got some technical trail. So anyway, it's just, there's a little bit of something for everybody. So we love it and we're super excited to be managing it. Wow. And it's been going, it says on your entry fee, 57 years. Correct. That's a long time. (laughs) Wow. Yep. And it's always been held the second Saturday in August. So that that, the very first one was the second Saturday in August and it's always been that way, which is kind of cool. 
Okay, well, tell us, what are you doing to deal with the COVID restrictions right now? Well, we kind of have a bit of a challenge because where our ride camp is now is pretty tight. Um, it's called it's a place called Cow Camp, um, and you know, on a normal year, people would be smooshed in together, and you know, we had got to really kind of be pretty strategic with how rigs are parked to get everybody in there. So okay. this year, we're going to be we're going to have to limit how many riders are available, and we are maybe going to have to eliminate even being able to like have a limited distance ride included. It may just be a 50 mile ride this year. And I, and, and we're, I, we're still waiting to hear about, you know, what our number limit is and that will determine how many entries we can take once we figure in how many volunteers we need. If that makes sense. So, <laughs> so if a state, just to clarify that, if a state says you can't have a gathering of more than 100 people, right, uh, that also includes yes. all of your people. That's not just the riders. It that's everybody. Does. Yeah, okay. That is that is correct. Yes. So, and the other limitation we're going to have to make this year is, like, unless you're riding, like, you, you can't be there. Like, you can't bring your family this year. You can't just bring you know random people to come be in the camp we just we don't have the room and it's really unfortunate because it's such a fun camp and like you know we had big plans this year of like really trying to like foster that you know like hey let's all get together afterwards and have like this big community thing and we were going to have you know, a hosted taco bar and the type of thing. Aww. We had to cancel all of that, which is really sad because, uh, you know, we were so excited about like being able to like be like, hey, come out of your trailers. Let's all get together and have a really good time together and like, you know, get that community, that community feeling back again. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of everybody just going to their trailers and, you know, and that's the end of it for the night. But unfortunately, we have just been thwarted on that. And it's just so unfortunate. So instead, we're trying to use those funds that we had earmarked for catering, and we're going to be doing like wash stations instead, you know, and we've had to like really talk to the vets about like, how are we going to manage vet cards? And, you know, we are only doing pre-entries because we will not be having a ride meeting. We will only be sending out, you know, information regarding the trails and such, you know, via email. Since we cannot have, you know, people in a closed, you know, a closed space, you know, in order to even have a ride meeting, it's just such a challenge, you know, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and I think it's hard enough to put on a ride anyway, but to have, <laughs> right. you know, especially as a first time, you know, ride manager, um, and we're so lucky that at least it's an established ride. I feel very, you know, I feel, feel very, you know, sad for people who this is their, you know, trying to get a new ride off the ground. I can't even imagine what they're, you know, trying to cope with. Right. So, and Oregon seems to be very conservative. I'm ge- I'm guessing other areas, you know, the United States are not maybe having these kinds of restrictions, but I don't see Oregon lifting their restrictions very quickly. What about port so potties? Just, <laughs> I hate so, to yes, about bathrooms. We but, will be uh, having more than normal. And there is a pit toilet there in the in our camp as well. Oh, those are so, fun. and we will, we will be having, 
huge bottles of, you know, sanitizer, basically anywhere that you might touch anything communal, you know, will be a wash station and, you know, a big bottle of sanitizer. And, you know, we just, we're going to have to really like, you know, be super aware of, you know, trying not to be Are you going to be providing event. big bottles of whiskey at the end of the day for everybody who <laughs> had to put up with this all day? Is there going to be that too? <laughs> Get a squirt of sanitizer and yeah. a shot of Marcy. Yeah, here's yes. your sanitizer and your whiskey. <laughs> it's like... Um, I think we're going to stick with our margarita idea. We had originally planned on providing margaritas, and we're probably still going to do that. Yeah, there, I think that's a good idea, actually. <laughs> So, yeah, but I think even with all of these challenges, we're hoping it's going to be the kind of event that people will, you know, put on their, you know, bucket list, you know, come to come and do, you know, moving forward. So I'm looking at the pictures. It's beautiful. (laughs) Tell us, we talked about this. We had somebody on from there before. I'm not sure if it's on the endurance episode or this one, but Sisters, Oregon is the coolest little town. It is. Tell us a little bit about yes, Sisters, because it, it's unique. <laughs> so Sisters, they actually have a building code where everything must look like the Old West. It's fantastic, actually. <laughs> it does. It looks good. Like, Go, look up Sisters, Oregon, and you'll see the pictures. It, looking like old West. <laughs> it does. It looks like really, an Old West town. It is. And I think, I think there's only, I want to say, like, the, like, the, Year-round population is like 1,400 people, but it's a little tourist, you know, town, and it's really fun, and they have, like, a bunch of events there. I don't know if they'll be able to do them this year, but there's always, like, a huge quilt show in September and, like, that kind of thing, and it's just a fun little town with a great little main street with shops and, you know, ice, like, homemade ice cream and the whole bit, so it's a, it's a great little town, and our camp is actually only two miles outside the town. Oh, like wow. we are super close to sisters, which is really nice. Cause there's like a grocery store there. There's restaurants there. Like, you know, like you can hit the grocery store literally on your way to camp. It's really great. Is so, this we're sisters? super, we're super blessed. I'm going to ask you a random question. You might not know the answer yeah. to, but I know somebody <laughs> that lived near there and they used to talk about the sisters coffee company. I am. Not I sure. Think it's, it's a restaurant there. and a coffee shop, and they used to talk about going there. I know it had been around for a long time, but uh, they used to I talk think about, it's still there. Yeah, it looked like a barn or something, if I remember right. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. everything looks like a barn there, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is cool that you guys are doing this. I'm sorry it had to be this year, uh, <laughs> but... Well, yeah, it's definitely been an interesting challenge. We will, um, once we hear a final word from the uh, people who issue us our permits, we'll be opening up our registration. We've been holding off until we know like what the what our yeah. restrictions are. But once we know that, then we'll be opening up registration. So we're super excited, and we hope people come out well, and ride. We, I think it's still going to be fun. We talked to Kathy from uh, from God's Country Endurance Ride out in Missouri, and she yes. said they had people just waiting to sign up. So I think you're not going to have a problem filling it. <laughs> right. Everybody's, yeah, getting ants in their pants. They're itching to so. go ride. <laughs> I know. This is like the fittest my horses have ever been, and we're just all sitting around 20 twiddling our thumbs. And we're probably this fit because we have been sitting around twiddling. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> well, good luck with it. The website is, let me see what the website is. What's the website? It's it's uh, Santy. Uh, yeah, I knew Santa, you were going to ask that. How do you say it? Santiam? Santiam. I believe it's SantiamCascade.com. It so let me double yep. check that. I should know this, but it I is. don't. That is it. it is. And then it's spelled S-A-N-T-I-A-M Cascade.com. Good luck. Have fun with it. Yes. Good luck. Thank you guys so much for having us on. We really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. Don't eliminate the margaritas. Not a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Heard. We will make sure it happens. It'll make people happy they're not having the party. Uh, So That's right. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. Don't forget all about it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, there you go. Are, what, are you going out on a ride at all? I, I, You know, I'm waiting to see. We're still waiting to hear what's going to start opening up around Brandy my guys. region yeah. to see um, what we can get to close by. We originally had planned on doing, there was going to be a local ride probably either this weekend or next weekend. And we were going to, you know, go and, you know, probably do the LD ride um with Milo um but of course that's not happening now so we're we're just waiting to see what's going to open up and and be allowed to to take place i think nevada still has some restrictions on events um i think we're still limited to like 50 people and california total certainly event. does so yeah but i'm not not entirely sure you know it's hard to keep up with everything yeah uh, with what's going on and I know AARC, they put out a guide for uh, guidance for conducting a ride during COVID-19. Got it. And that's why we're doing, they're doing the thing where the riders aren't going to be touching their vet cards anymore. And we're going to be, you know, spread out and, you know, that whole thing. And um, hopefully. Th- Are you supposed this is to be, is it like gonna... the USCF? Because they're not part of the USCF anymore, correct? Right. Yeah. right. It, did they have their mask roll like the USCF has? Not when you're riding, but when you're off your horse? I'm not sure. I think when you're presenting to the vet, they do want you wearing a mask. Because you'll be close um, to the vet. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and, and I'm thinking, well, that's going to be real interesting. At least now we don't got to worry about losing our vet card or having it get wet and disintegrate anymore. But now what are we going to do with our vet? Are, are the um, I'm sorry the masks when we come into vet and we're going in and out and uh, you know because I mean don't they have some sort of recommendation for when you wear it once you take it off you're supposed to clean it <laughs> yeah. and so who knows <laughs> how's that gonna work um, maybe all the germs <clears throat> from riding your horse out on the trail is gonna kill any virus off <laughs> the sweat will kill it <laughs> the sweat the melting um yeah, sunscreen right. coming down into your face um you know but i think for the most part you know endurance writers are going to be awesome at the social distancing thing because we like to spread out anyway right right and and so as long as Things are kind of laid out ahead of time so people know how to spread out once they get, you know, into the vet checks. It doesn't get, you know, too congested. And most of us do sort of spread out because we want to keep our horses away, you know, from the next horse in line so we don't get so close that anybody gets kicked or anything like that. So if one spooks, um, the all of, you know, becomes a domino, (laughs) you know, so. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you, Karen, once again for doing the show. I hope you do get to go out soon. I know you're probably itching too. to, too. This is the longest you've ever waited to ride. So <laughs> I know, since the, the last one was over Halloween. Yeah, it's been Uber. a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. We're going to be rusty at this. We're going to... Um, I yeah, your horse won't. He's got eighteen thousand miles. I think he's got this. You know, yeah. Well, just... Chief will be fine. Yeah, He'll have a day. You that might have but, trouble. Uh, we'll be like, where is everything? Well, you've you know, been cause... doing your two-hour workouts every day during this break. Oh, right? sure. Yeah, so. <laughs> We've been doing home improvements, which is worse. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you start on one thing, and, and then you keep going to the next one and the next one, and then it's like, oh, geez, yep. why did I get started? Um, it's all good. Leads though. to ten others. That's how it, it works does. with home improvements. That's how it works. I'm just going to paint the room. Oh, this plaster is falling down, and there's a crack, and now i got to do it. Oh, just, it's, exactly. It's a nightmare. Yes, you know what it's like. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> we had our first house had horsehair plaster. By the way, auditors, hang on. We're going to chat after the show. Um, Karen's going to do her first post-show today. And for those that aren't auditors, we actually, our auditors are, are a group of people, super fans, who like to support the Horse Radio Network. For as little as $3 a month, you can do that. Go to the Horse Radio Network page uh, website and scroll down on the right side of the page. You'll see an auditor banner. And you, too, can become part of the super secret uh, auditor page, which is, the Karen will tell you, it's the most active uh, private page ever. Um, they're talking about all kinds of things on there. But uh, mm-hmm. one of the things we do is a post-show on the Horses in the Morning show, and they get to hear that on their secret feed. But, but it could be for Karen's first one. But yeah, we used to have a house. The first house we had had horsehair plaster, which is awful <laughs> to tear out. It's just awful. <laughs> nothing worse than horsehair plaster. Uh, or Well, I'll... Uh, disagree with that 30 year old wallpaper <laughs> oh that's especially if you're trying to save the plaster that's almost impossible <laughs> oh my gosh it came off in like the size of my thumb yes in pieces Chunk at a time <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh you know it my is gosh. easier just to tear the wall out and start over <laughs> <laughs> just about <laughs> oh so we our first house i lived in growing up was a pink house in the middle of the street and we had my parents had four boys and we lived in a pepto-bismol pink house oh wow <laughs> so and it was these it was siding it was these squares and what we didn't know at the time when our parents decided to paint the pink house when we were little kids getting all of us to uh do all the scraping of the paint <gasps> it was asbestos uh, so I'm sure I'm going to die from that at some point. Uh, but yeah, we scraped that entire house. Well, that's before asbestos oh was even a thing. They knew about it, right? Uh-huh. So wow. yeah, we all scraped that house and then painted those tiles, and uh, it was all asbestos tiles. Oh my! So, yeah, <laughs> I'm still here. Uh, I made it to almost sixty. So there's that. <laughs> so. Good luck with that house renovation there, Karen. Thanks. (laughs) All right, everybody. You can find all of the past episodes of the Endurance uh, Show. You can go to Horses in the Morning. Scroll down to the middle of the page. You'll see a little banner that says Endurance has Karen's pretty picture there. Uh, Click on that, and it takes you to all the past episodes. We have like a thousand of them. Go take a listen to them. Uh, There's a lot of tips that Karen has done over the years. As we said, she's done like 500,000 miles on horses. So you can... I'm in for exaggerating today did you notice that uh, feels like that kind of time right now so you can go uh take a listen to all the past tips and all the past episodes we've had some real characters on if you never heard the uh the interview with potato 
Just go <laughs> go to go He's to interesting. Horses in He's the Morning fine. and search potato. And that's all you have to do. His episode will pop up. <laughs> <laughs> you can go take a listen to that. Uh, has to be one of the classics, doesn't it, Karen? That we Probably one of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we have a few of those. Yeah, you have a few interesting, uh, very colorful endurance riders <laughs> out there. He's he's definitely one of them. But it was it was an, it was a fun interview. So go take a listen to that and a lot of the past episodes. You'll find them there. And Karen's website is um, just follow me on Facebook, uh, NV Endurance Writer, and I'm also on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that. That'll work for now. Okay, good. Well, thank you, everybody. We appreciate you joining thank us tomorrow. You. Jamie and I will be back. Uh, Thursday is Mary Kitzmiller doing a ch- with Jennifer doing a training episode, answering listener questions on training. And then on Friday, we come back with some really bad ads. So we have a whole week for you here. Uh, good to be back from vacation and talking again. I tried not to talk on vacation. Uh, so... <laughs> which makes Jennifer very happy, which is why I don't (laughs) talk on vacation. We'll see everybody. So, for auditors, uh, this is Karen's first time. She said, I've never done a post-show before. So, Karen, we basically just just talk about whatever comes in our head. Well, I've got to tell you what happened the other day when we were uh, painting the guest bathroom. Okay. We had a thunderstorm, a severe thunderstorm. Well, guess what? I've got four dogs. (laughs) Okay. And I'm painting the walls in this. This is a small bathroom, like five by seven. And next thing I know, I've got three or four of the dogs running around in the bathroom where I just had rolled the walls. Oh no. Was there hair everywhere? Well, there's, there were nose prints. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I think I'm going to be cleaning nose prints off of like a foot and a half or two foot high off of the rest of the house. <laughs> oh, they got the rest of the roots and then in the house. shared it in the rest of the house. They did. And I think um, you were mentioning oh. the the horse hair plaster yes. or something. I have dog hair plaster. <laughs> hair paint. <laughs> Are you going to leave that in there as a memory? Uh, the little nose prints? Uh, I just, Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't have the roller pan on the floor at the time and had it up on the scene. Yeah, that's good. Maybe close the door next time. <laughs> I'm like, the, we haven't had a thunderstorm for weeks and weeks and weeks and, you know, probably months. And how does it happen when I'm in the middle of painting a wall and then the dogs all have to come in <laughs> the same time that's like the stories you hear about the rumbas with when the dog decides to have <gasps> diarrhea all over the floor yeah. oh god oh gosh. i think i'd burn the house down i think that <laughs> that would be <laughs> all the fire department uh there's gonna be a fire <laughs> <laughs> would you want to burn the house down <laughs> <laughs> just about yeah that would be bad <laughs> Oh my gosh. So uh, you live out near Reno. Did they open up too? The casinos did just open up a couple of days ago. And were there crowds? um, In Vegas, they showed pictures and it it looked almost like a huge protest. The, the, like Fremont Street, which is a famous downtown area with, uh, it was just cram packed full of people 
just cram packed. Are they requiring they, masks they, in the casinos? Um, I don't think so because not everybody was wearing them in the pictures. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I know they were trying to spread things out and taking temperatures and. Let's be stuff honest, like though, that. casinos are disgusting to begin with. <laughs> I mean, they really are People, germ factories to begin with. People couldn't wait to go lose their money. <laughs> They're lining up outside. <laughs> God, I, 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 again, they're germ factories to begin with. <laughs> that, I mean, there's a couple of places. I saw that uh, uh, Golden Corral. Do you have Golden Corrals out there? No. That's the buffet mm-hmm. place. It's the big buffet place. They're oh, all over okay. the East Coast. Okay. Uh, and they're talking about going to family style, which means you, they just bring big bowls to the table. I see. Uh, uh-huh. And, you know, we we know about family style. A lot of people don't know about that. I grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and all the Amish restaurants are family style. Yeah, the Basque restaurants here are that way, too. Are they? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of nice, really too. Good. I mean, that is kind of nice. Uh, family style is kind of nice. but Or they're talking about doing a cafeteria style where they basically, you know. We'll tell you what's you. going on now with me and my friends. If anybody gets to go out and eat, we just have to make everybody jealous and let everybody know. <laughs> That you did. Like my friend says, she sends me a message the other night. We're going to Applebee's, and I'm like, <laughs> we're still doing. We're still at the. T- we just started doing takeout. We hadn't even been doing we that. We did too. We yeah. just did our first restaurant takeout like a week and a half ago. We have right. We haven't been out to eat anywhere. Yeah, I'm getting so tired. Yeah, you know, the worst part is up- not the cooking; it's the damn dishes. God, we make a lot of dishes when you cook all the time. <laughs> the dishes, right? But it's the whole. <laughs> planning what to eat every night it's like such a chore it's like i'm so over it already and it's not like we went out a lot anyway but we would go out two or three times a week Uh Uh, and jennifer really looked forward to on fridays after the show i would go out to lunch and i've been going doing that for since we moved Uh basically when we moved here for for seven eight years and it was her our time to be apart Because it's the only time we're apart. So Jennifer would be very happy. I'd go take two hours. I'd go eat lunch, maybe go to a store, go grocery shopping, you know, or go to a hardware store or something just to stay out of the house for like two or three (laughs) hours on a Friday afternoon after the whole week of working together. Sure. And uh, that stopped. And I think now it's going to start again. (laughs) So, (laughs) and I usually eat in the car anyway because I listen to podcasts. So I always get takeout of some kind. But that was the first time we actually got a real restaurant takeout. Um, we're trying to support the local restaurants, but there's Same not a here. lot of those around anymore. Right. I think there's more and more things that are going to be closing. Like since we redid the bathroom that I mentioned, we decided to go up to Carson City to, I needed some new towels because I hadn't bought towels for that bathroom, like I said, for like 30 years. <laughs> and all the stores were still closed. Bed Bath & Beyond was closed. Really? I mean, all these stores were closed and and it was like... This is just really weird. It, it's just surreal. Because um, I, I thought the stores had been opening back up. Yeah, I thought but so too. Apparently, they weren't as of last weekend. They they weren't open yet. Well, I do know of two restaurants in town that were locally owned that we really liked that are not reopening. Now, to be honest, uh-huh. when we went in before COVID, you know, several months ago, before this all started, we made the comment to each other it's a Saturday night, it's only half full. So. I think they were going to be out anyway, you know, so I think the ones that were on the edge anyway are going mm-hmm, and the ones that were right. doing great business are, you know, are going to make it through. But, uh, you know, I think some of them were doomed eventually anyway, even though we like them, mm-hmm. you know, 
Uh, right. No, have you have you guys learned to use any of the online ordering apps? Oh and yeah, stuff? yeah. We use Instacart. Matter that. of fact, I just placed an order for Publix. That's our big grocery chain here. Okay. And they're okay. coming out this afternoon, and I lo- I might continue using that. After. Me too. <laughs> isn't that isn't it wonderful? It is. I can order stuff from like opposite ends of the store. Like even last week, I I ordered primer. <laughs> <laughs> and it came with my grocery order. Oh, really? I mean, it's just—it's fantastic. Like if because we have a Walmart, um, but you can order anything from the whole store. Uh, we love that too. Uh, Walmart doesn't deliver here. We do pick up with them, but the Publix delivers. Yeah. It's the only thing where we live in our neighborhood. It's the only thing that we've ever gotten delivered ever. Oh, they don't neat. do pizza out here. We don't get Chinese out here. Nothing. Okay. So yeah, we have Instacart. To get Publix delivered out here was just amazing. I know, and you know, it's I nice. don't care about the tip. I tip well. I figure they're doing the shopping, so I tip sure. them well. And I just look at that as saving me a half half an hour to drive in, a half an hour to drive home, and all the hassle. Exactly, so. and all the time it takes to go through the store and uh, all of that. Uh, yeah, it's wonderful. It, it is. It's uh, we're enjoying it. Yeah, I, I like that. I'm going to keep it. $10 a month, it's worth it, I think. <laughs> and Instacart is kind of, it's $10 a month. We'll see if it stays that way. Plus, I figure right. I'm, you know, I'm helping somebody out. Now, the lady that delivers our groceries most of the time drives a Volvo. So, I mean, it's not like she's driving a beater. <laughs> so, apparently, other people are tipping her well, too. Oh, uh, good. <laughs> so... So, uh, so would you go in a casino right now? Um, no, I normally don't. Yeah, okay. You know, I think the secret to living in Nevada is you don't go to those things, <laughs> um, or you're going to end up blowing your paycheck every week or two. You know, <laughs> get into trouble with a gambling yeah. habit. Yeah, so, when no, you guys we, live that close, it's got to be tough. Right. Yeah. No, if we have company visiting, we'll often, you know, take them and go to the, one of the restaurants and then they'll stop and gamble a little bit on the way. But other than that, we just I can't even tell you the last time I went in a casino. You know, we uh, the other thing I'm not going to be in a hurry to rush out to, and I'm sure some of our listeners right now are going, oh, that's just ridiculous, but is a movie theater. I mean, when you think about movie theaters, they are disgusting to begin with. You're walking along, your foot's stuck to the floor, and (laughs) you know that they were just germ factories in the first place. There's all the stuff people left behind, (laughs) right? You know, our theaters, usually you can very well social distance in them anyway. Yeah, we don't have that trouble here either. They're not that busy. But it's just so. this, this, the sticky grossness of it to begin with. Now, we have a drive through <laughs> that's been open all along. We have one of the very few drive throughs uh, or drive-in theaters, rather, in Florida. And oh, do you? They've been, they've been busy as hell this whole time. They were showing classics for $5. That's neat. We used to have those when I was a teenager. I know. It was so much fun. And, and then they people, went away. People have been going. They've been packed. And, of course, they used to... You know, you don't even need the thing in your window anymore. They just use a, a, a radio station for the sound. But now what's happened is the local theater here in Ocala that we've gone to many productions at, uh, it's a very nice theater, Riley Arts Center, is doing their shows at the drive-in. Oh, so okay. So they're bringing the bands and the artists. Wyona Judd's going to be playing at the drive-in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so she would have never thought. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a brilliant idea when you think about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering what's going to happen with Vegas, you know, in Reno. It's su- such a big tourism 
um, industry with all the shows. Well, how, same here. How they're going to bring them back. In Florida, you know, Universal just opened, and we have a lady that went. She's coming on our, our Finding Florida show this week. She went, and of course, it requires masks everywhere, and there's all these restrictions and you know, distances and lines and everything. Her article was excellent. Uh, but, but she's like, you know, if you don't agree with a lot of this stuff, don't come. <laughs> So, <laughs> right, and right. she said they got a lot of things wrong. It was very iffy. The you know you're supposed to reserve now instead of waiting in line for a lot of the more popular rides. You actually reserve a spot and you show up at your assigned time, and that way the lines are oh, much okay. much shorter. Which is great. I love that idea anyway, because who wants to wait an hour in line? But right. she said it was all messed up and didn't work all day, so nobody knew what to do. There was nobody Uh-oh. getting on rides. <laughs> she said, it was a, she Uh-oh. said, you know, so. Disney's been getting busted on for waiting till the middle of July to open instead of doing it now when Universal's opening. But she said Disney has it right. They're learning from Universal's mistakes and are going to make sure they don't make the same one. There you go. So yeah. Maybe it was yeah, smart to I'm, wait a month, you know. I'm sure it's going to be really complicated <laughs> for a lot of businesses. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you, you know, I do wear the mask out and Jennifer does too. But I would not wear a mask and go to Disney in the summertime here. Well, here we have, since it's Nevada, we have legal brothels. Not in my county, but in surrounding counties, there's How do you legal do brothels. I don't know how you social distance <laughs> for that. <laughs> a full body suit? I don't I don't know. Classic wrap. But they're they're gonna be the last to, we were joking the other day. The last things to open are gonna in Nevada are gonna be brothels and schools. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is the auditor room, so I got to type this in before we go. This is very important. You just brought this up. Are the brothels <laughs> opening in Nevada? Okay, we'll see if. All right, let's see. Oh, uh, what, what does it say? May eighteenth. Here we go. This is uh, uh, It says. Uh, been quite a couple months uh when we open people have to know that we've taken every precaution to keep them safe this is the madam of sherry's ranch okay um uh however she doesn't know when that'll happen because (laughs) because (laughs) uh oh she said they'll be wearing masks uh, be where? Taking... Where? Where are they going? <laughs> exactly. She said they'll be taking temperatures of everybody that walks in the door, making masks mandatory. Mandatory showers before you have any interaction. Is that both of you? By the way, I uh, yeah. There'll be new sanitation it, procedures. We talk Good. about icky germs. I mean, <laughs> apparently they're going to change the sheets more often. Well, weren't they doing that before? No, I know they regularly test the workers. They're tested like pretty regularly for STDs and stuff like that. Okay, Okay. I hope I don't get in trouble. I can't see this next part (laughs) of what they're going to do. Let's just say there will only be certain options available. (laughs) Certain options. (laughs) (laughs) The whole menu will not be available, it says. (laughs) Well, well, here's a fun fact. I've been in a brothel before and so has my husband oh really mm-hmm. well you beat me i can't even claim that one uh, more than once do, oh. do you want to know why okay yeah okay now you started this whole thing you have to finish it because <laughs> uh, for 14 years dave and i owned a screen printing company and a lot of the brothels around oh. in carson and out in mount house were our customers and we delivered 
their orders to them, T-shirts and mugs and uh, promotional items. How'd that go? Good. They were good customers. They always paid on time. Yeah, <laughs> they cash, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> they Well, you know, it's a tourism thing, too. A lot of people go to the brothels just to buy the souvenir or the T-shirt or something to take home. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I I guess. Why would you I, want the um, T-shirt if you haven't partaked? And then partook. I, I don't know. It's a thing, I guess. Maybe not so much Did anymore. Did you get a tour but, while you were there? Um, I probably a little <laughs> bit of one. It was it was very interesting. Do they have peoples? They're yeah, it's very casual. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so here's another well, fun the story. The brothel's casual. Big surprise uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> Years ago, one of the endurance rides we did was called Brothel to Brothel. And <laughs> seriously, <clears throat> and, uh, can we stop off for a snack on the way? <laughs> one of the vet, one of the vet checks was in the brothel parking lot. <laughs> And so we're, you know, having our hour hold in the brothel parking lot. And it was really funny because we were just dying laughing at the number of customers that came and went. And they were going, what the hell's going on in this parking lot? (laughs) And then then here's another really hilarious story. One of the endurance writers, I won't name who it was. um, Was it Potato? Please tell me it was Potato. No, it it wasn't. Uh, But he was riding a mule. And I remember that because... Uh, before I left the vet check, I think I got some photos and, and I think I got them on like a film camera. This was how long ago that was. But he had one of the ladies, she was wearing her fishnet stockings and her little teddy and her high heels, one of the workers in the brothel. And he was leading her around the parking lot on his mule. <laughs> There's a <laughs> I, I did you sorry. not. This really happened. <laughs> So, and at one of the brothels over there, uh, they've got a hitching post out front. Oh. So you can ride up, tie up your horse, and go inside. <laughs> and now you can take a shower. Uh, More than you ever wanted to know about brothels in I Nevada. I definitely didn't know this was coming up in the post show. I'll be promoting this in the audit room. <laughs> you don't want to miss the end of today's show. <laughs> well, Karen, this has been fun. <laughs> All right, now J- Jamie usually singles us out at this point. So, what do you got? About what? <laughs> I don't know. She just picks a song that fits what we were talking about. Do you know a, a song about song brothels? About, yeah, she a sings song about us out. Brothels. <laughs> Gosh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. You're missing um, that. All right, let's just... see. You, you, you should have given me a little warning there. Well, I know we were talking about brothels today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, see you. Be safe. <laughs> Your best line of the day. Where are they putting the mask? Well, here's one. You were so far away. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's going to be their new song. <laughs>